Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Would you get the COVID-19 vaccine if one was made available? According to one study, one in five young people say they wouldn't get the vaccine if one became available. And we're talking about the category here of 15 to 34, really. Um, uh, above that, much higher numbers saying that they would. Talks of a vaccine arriving on our shores uh, is increasing. Some suggesting it could be available as early as the new year. So to talk more about this, we're joined by Rebecca. Barry, who is supervising pharmacist at Lloyd's Pharmacy in Castle Troy, Live 95's healthcare partners, and callers Ryan and Fran. Um, first of all, Ryan, can you explain to me why a reasonable proportion of young people would be saying, nah, no, I'm not interested in getting uh, a vaccine even if one arrives? Um, well, I mean, I personally uh, would be getting a vaccine, but I think. Uh, when you look at this pandemic and you look at the way that things are going and you look at the kind of pressure and strain that's being put on young people, I think it is down to the fact that I think a lot of this is being handled with a certain ageism. And I think many young people could feel that you're expecting them to get a vaccine where older people won't get a vaccine, that we have to constantly take the brunt of everything in favour of protecting old people. Even when you look at this um, lockdown and the way things are going, I think this lockdown is unnecessary. I think when you look at the jobs that are being lost, I think the biggest percentage of people who are able to work at home are people who are established in their careers and are already middle-aged. I think older people are retired. I think it's young people who are losing their jobs. I think it is young people who are largely losing their homes because while we have to take that financial brunt and we have to lose their jobs, the landlord doesn't. Um, it's young people that you're expecting to have no life in this lockdown um, and no future with this recession and this economic shutdown. I think that as far as the vaccine goes, that's just one more symptom of this ageism. It's to say that we as older people who may be fearful of a vaccine for X, Y and Z reason won't get it, but we're very secure in making that decision because younger people will go and get it. Okay, very, very interesting views there, uh, Ryan. Fran, what do you think of what Ryan was saying? Um, I agree with him to a certain extent. I, I do think that young people have, and I know that young people have been the cause of a lot of stress over lockdown in terms of you know house parties and that kind of thing. I completely accept that. But I do also think that what he said was right. You know, it's, it's people in customer-facing jobs like shops, um, you know, it's often young people who work as waitresses and waiters in restaurants. They're the people who are losing their jobs. You know, it's as you said, it's not elderly, not elderly people, but people in their forties, fifties, maybe who have you know a long-standing career. Um, young people are so not not just in terms of a social um, extent, but you know, further than that as well. So, I, I also am on the side of I will get the vaccine if it becomes available. Um, but I can understand why people, young people, might not want to. And, and why not? I mean, what, what's the root of it? I understand the points that Ryan was making and you followed up on there in terms of how young people feel a bit mm. put upon at the moment uh, during the whole thing. Um, and, uh, you know, and as young listeners yourself, you'll be in a position to obviously comment on that. But but why not take the vaccine, though? To be honest, I don't know, because I know from talking to my own friends, like I'm 24, so... Um, 
everyone I've spoken to of my own age has said that, that they will get it. So I was actually quite surprised by the survey to say that, that you know, the majority of people, young people won't be getting it. That actually quite surprised me because I thought it would be the other way around, that it would be young people who were going to get it and maybe the elder people who weren't. Um, so I was a bit surprised by that. To be honest, Joe, I, I don't know. Um, like, for me personally, I suppose it's common sense to get it. Um, not just to protect me, but to protect, you know, my elderly family. And I have a younger brother who's in the um, at-risk category, so, to, you know, to protect him. Um, so, to be honest, I can't answer that. I honestly don't know what the mindset behind not wanting to get it is. You know, there's a lot of kind of conspiracies out there about, you know, vaccines are, are bad and they create this, that and the other. Um, but if that's contributing to it, maybe, I don't know, but that that could be one of the reasons why, perhaps. Right. And Ryan, I mean, specifically, why do you think 20% of young people are saying, nah, not for us? I mean, I, I think there's a certain percentage, like I said, that are apathetic for the reasons I listed. But I think the ones that are vehemently against the vaccine and are vehemently anti-vax, um, that's a percentage of young people um, that I would feel, if I had to hazard a guess, are trapped in a a more traditional and, if you pardon me, older mindset. I think this is the same 20% of young people who would have voted against gay marriage. I think this is the same 20% of young people that would have voted against repealing the AIDS. I think this is a group of young people with an older attitude. I think um, most young people uh, with the appropriate attitude would not be um, mentally against the vaccine. Right. We're chatting to uh, younger listeners, Ryan and Fran. And as I mentioned, Rebecca Barry is supervising pharmacist at Lloyd's Pharmacy in Castle Troy. She's uh, with us uh, as well. Some really interesting observations there from both of them, uh, Rebecca. Yes, Joe, yes. And, you know, none of those findings from that trial surprised me at all. Um, There has been... um, a lot of misinformation out there in the last number of years about vaccines. And what I always say to people who are coming in to me with concerns or queries about whether to go for various different vaccines is that we always have to bring it back to remembering that more than anything else, bar the advent of clean drinking water, the discovery of vaccines and the development of vaccines has been the biggest life-saving measure in modern medicine, bar none, bar antibiotics. Over everything else, vaccines have saved more lives. That's what it always comes down to for me. And with any medicine, including vaccines, it's always a balancing act. So we're always having to balance the risks versus the benefits of them. And for vaccines, overwhelmingly, the evidence pushes down on sides of the benefits. And unfortunately, over the last number of years, there has been more emphasis in various different channels on the risks of vaccines. And so if if we go back to, say, the HPV vaccine, it took um, a massive and hugely successful campaign headed by Laura Brennan, who, um, if you remember, she was the lady who lived and died with cervical cancer. So it took a huge campaign to bring um, levels of uptake of the HPV vaccine up to, um, you know, something approaching what would be acceptable levels. They had drastically fallen for various different reasons. And um, I think it will take, you know, a really successful and um, widely circulated 
public information campaign when the COVID vaccine does yeah. become available. Well, because to, it, is, you know, it is important to point out to listeners, you know, you, hope is important, but false hope can have the opposite effect. I mean, the reality is that while it does look as though we're getting closer to vaccines, um, it's yeah. a very complicated process to get them out there for wider public use. And I think at best, we're looking at wide circulation across Ireland, probably in the second half of 2021, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, say for example, Pfizer. Pfizer have a number of vaccines in development and um, they're doing huge brand work. So they've they've had a massive project um, working with their, their logistic partner, partners to... Um, allow that they can move really at breakneck speed, at speeds that we have never seen before to get vaccines out into the communities when they become available. So they've done huge work and they're expecting at the moment, um, I just looked up recent information sent this week, they're expecting to deliver about 7.6 million doses every day to airports around the world. And that'll include a huge amount of work from Pfizer, Ireland, incidentally. Um, there has been unprecedented levels of involvement and study and research from scientists right around the globe to get these vaccines ready, to get them through clinical trials, to get them through all of the safety considerations that need to. And um, yes, I can understand people's concern about, well, if all this is happening at breakneck speed, will it be as safe as other vaccines? Um, and that's definitely a consideration out there is what my patients are coming into with concerns when they're asking me about it. And what I can say is, yes, it will be happening faster than ever before. But also, we have never before had so many people working collaboratively, so working as part of teams, international teams, countries working with countries, countries working with the WHO to get vaccines ready and get vaccines safely yeah. through clinical trials. And, I mean, know? and the other thing is, um, Rebecca, I mean, for example, Ollie has WhatsApped us on 0861239595, says, I believe young people who won't take the vaccine are right. And the reason I believe that is that young people uh, are more educated these days and more informed, and they don't believe what the mainstream media, I think that's the likes of us, tell them. They do their own research these days. Uh, Con says um, he won't be taking the vaccine because we don't know what's in it. He says that companies developing the vaccines also can't be held accountable if someone gets sick from them. And uh, Deborah uh, says, uh, I just want to say um, I really enjoy the show. I won't be taking the vaccine if one becomes available. I think we are putting enough stuff into our bodies uh, that we don't know the long-term damage it's going to cause. I will sit on the fence for a while on this one. And that's a huge dilemma for the government, isn't it? I mean, the reality is Absolutely. we don't have to explain to anyone listening this morning what restrictions around COVID-19 have done to everyone in the country. Um, the idea, as some countries are suggesting, of making a COVID-19 vaccine compulsory is highly unlikely here for all sorts of reasons. So mm -hmm. will we get to the point where enough people will take it if it's proven to be reliable and safe, of course, that we can get back to normal living. Uh, I absolutely believe that. I do think it will take um, very considered um, information campaigns because uh, people, for the reasons that your text have sent in, are wary of things, you know, in more recent years. They are more wary and 
what I would urge them to do is, yes, inform yourselves. Yes, look up all the information. But also, fact check your sources of information. So you might read 30 articles um, about why we should get vaccines and one article about why you should be wary of the vaccine. But are you going to fact check the, the sources of that article and their scientific soundness about, you know, where, where they are gleaning their information? Because it has been a problem, and that this was part of the reason why the HPV um, rollout did flounder for a while, because misinformation was put out there, you know. Um, so I think um, really not only will governments and health agencies have to be very considered in the information they put out there, but also we as individuals will need to be very considered about where we get our information and what we take it from it, you know. Okay, um, very good. The other thing is, um, just everybody should also consider that the other reason I wasn't surprised by the, these findings is that the reality is those age groups where the, they said the uptake of vaccine would be lower are also, don't forget, the age groups that are much less affected health-wise by COVID than the older age groups. But you also have to consider that you're not just protecting yourself by getting the vaccine. This is why healthcare workers are encouraged to get the flu vaccine every year. Um, yes, it's protecting them, but more so it's protecting their patients. And you might ask, well, why would they do it if their patient can get the vaccine? Sure, aren't they protecting themselves? The reality is not everybody responds to vaccines. So we always have a percentage of what, what are called non-responders. So they just, when they get the vaccine, their own immune system doesn't build up antibodies, doesn't react to the vaccine to protect them. So that's the reason why, say, for instance, those healthcare workers would get vaccinated. Well, because they're well, well hang on a minute now, Rebecca. The, the take-up uh, generally in the community for the flu vaccine among health workers hasn't been fantastic over the years. Absolutely. And so, you know, they're not, I mean, they're, they're, they're amazing people in so many ways, but they're not paragons of virtue when it comes to taking the flu vaccine. No, they're absolutely not. Um, I'm delighted to say in, in our pharmacy, all the pharmacists have taken it up. Um, but part of the blame with that has to lie in the the campaign, the information campaign that has gone out there. So, so that's and a fascinating point you've just made. So what you're telling me is that health professionals haven't been communicated with effectively enough, even no. though they're health professionals. So how are we no. going to communicate the COVID-19 vaccine to the general population to get them to take it? It's going to be a very difficult job, Joe, um, and one that will have to be very considered. Um, right. I mean, they, oh, oh, you know, okay. you... you you have to trust your healthcare professionals. Yes, no, I, I, well, well, I understand that, but what you're talking about here is actually trusting the healthcare professionals to take the vaccines themselves, which is which, <laughs> is, which is part of the wider debate. But anyway, I, I take the point. I absolutely do. Listen, thank you very much for talking to us. Rebecca Barry, supervising pharmacist at Lloyd's Pharmacy in Castle Troy, and great to chat to uh, younger listeners, Ryan and Fran as well. Call Limerick today now on 461995.